Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Baz and for breakfast, 7th of October, a Thursday where you've got a bit of everything, men's netball, Formula One, racing, and rugby, Izzy. We've gone all over the shop, which is what we love to do. Your mate, Andrew Goody Goodman, came on, and I felt like there was a little bit of tension in the air between you guys this week. No, no tension at all. Uh, Andrew Goodman, here's the Marco head coach, and, well, they've got a big task on their hands as they travel to Hawke's Bay to take on the mighty Magpies. And that Ramfilly Shield Challenge, looking forward to that. 4.30 Saturday afternoon. Also, we had... A little tribute to the great man, that is Benji Marshall. Benji Marshall today retired after 19 years in the game of like 346 NRL games. And well, I wrote a wee tribute to the great man, that is Benji Marshall. So cheers, Benji. Love your work, mate. And we also had Liam Lawson on. Liam Lawson, if you're a motorsport racing fan, you'll have to check out the Liam Lawson interview. He spoke about the difference between Formula 2 and Formula 1 and the training that's involved to succeed in the great sport of Formula One. So that was an awesome little insight from Liam Lawson. And then, well, we spoke to we spoke to Dallas Harima. Dallas Harima about all things men's netball as they take on the Silver Ferns in their preparations. It's been a distracted, disrupted uh, build-up for the men's side, but they've assembled a squad. And, well, Dallas has been out of the squad for over 10 years. He's looking forward to ripping in and doing that, and then we had Jackie Bruce on. Jackie Bruce gave us a wee tip. Crystal Bound in the Caulfield Thoroughbred Stakes race. Crystal Bound. Get on that horse. It's paying about four bucks. Great show. Thanks for listening. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. We'll get over to Liam Lawson. He's a busy man. We all know what incredible roots New Zealand has in motorsport. Folklore with names like Amon, McLaren, Dixon, and SCNZ's very own Greg Murphy. And so, so many more greats of the sport having represented New Zealand at the peak of petrol. There's a teenage sensation who could be set to join the list one day, though, and his name is Liam Lawson. This week, it was confirmed the Kiwi would get a crack in a Formula One seat this year when he gets a crack for AlphaTauri 
in the Young Drivers Test in Abu Dhabi. Liam is currently in Europe playing his trade in the Formula 1-2 series. He's been good enough to take our call this morning. Good morning, Liam. A morning here. It's probably afternoon over there. Well, it's actually night time, but yeah, good good morning to everyone back home. Um, and yeah, firstly, thank you for your kind words, but uh, and thank you for, for having me. No worries, mate. How you going? How's it going? Some incredible news over the last couple of days, mate. You've been you've been on fire. Yeah, it's been really good, really, really good. Uh, the the it's been mixed, honestly, with with Formula Two and DTM this year. Um, obviously, I would have liked Formula Two to go a little bit better up to this point, but DTM has been. Um, fantastic really to, to be at this point now um, going into the last round fighting for the championship is, is awesome and as you said the, the Formula 1 news um, I mean that's just that's incredible it's something that hasn't quite hit me yet I think obviously when, I, when I'm going to the test um, and I, I get to meet the whole team then I think it'll, I'll yeah, realise how, um, how how cool it's going to be because obviously it's something I've dreamed of since I was a kid yeah. yeah, fair enough, Liam. Although many people would say you are still a kid, mate. It's pretty like life's coming at you, <laughs> coming at you fast, bro. So, give us the lowdown in New Zealand exactly what this young drivers test is and how it all works and how this process played about. We'd love to know a bit more about it. Um, so basically, it's uh, literally one or two days after the F1 season finishes in Abu Dhabi, um, and they basically. Uh, it's it's called the the young drivers test, and I'm I'm not sure if it's two cars from each team or it's at, at least one car from each team. They have to put uh, mm. uh, they basically select the young driver to, to 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 drive the car. So in the past, some some drivers um, had the opportunity to to make money and get an opportunity to drive, but obviously um, we'd never be able to afford that. So it's something that I've been lucky enough to um, to be obviously selected by by Red Bull. Um, and uh, get the opportunity to, to do it here. So I'll, I'll work with, I'll be in AlphaTauri, I'll work with the, the whole team um, over the over the test. And, and I mean, every every year, obviously, I, from when I step up into different things, from Formula 4 to Formula 3 to Formula 2, it's it's a step up. But going to F1, even from uh, working with the team, the Ripple racing team in the, in the Formula 1 factory, just doing simulator work, it's it's another world. So um, from what I understand, it's, uh, it's going to be a big learning curve. Mate, look, for us novices back here, what what are the major differences between the F2 and the Formula? You spoke about the the difference in driving. Can you explain to us a bit more about that? Yeah, basically like the, the, the F1 and... car is. Yeah, well, well, I mean the the, the Formula Two car is um, is definitely a bit of a step up from the Formula Three car that I drove last year. It's got a lot more power. Yeah. It's a bit heavier and it's a bit bigger, uh, but the F1 car is obviously designed to be as fast as literally possible. From um, they have if the, the amount of, of, of money that that Formula One team spend every single year is um, hundreds of millions of dollars in, in development and trying to make these cars go as fast as possible. So it's basically got uh, a lot more downforce, a huge amount more downforce, and a lot more power. Um, so the, the biggest thing that most people struggle with when going to the F1 car is um, literally the mainly your neck, honestly holding your holding your head up because you're pulling up the um, five five to six G sometimes for for a long period of time.
Yeah. That's insane, mate. And look, I, I know this, you probably get sick of people talking about Drive to Survive, but I feel like that's a lot of us. That's about the extent we know. And you watch those athletes, the Formula One athletes, doing their stretches and trying to have themselves in peak performance. So what do you actually do to train? And how are you trying to strengthening yourself, knowing that this could be on the horizon? And I'm sure if your career goes exactly the way you want it to be, you'd end up there. So how are you kind of going from a physical aspect? Um, well, basically, honestly, the, the training for Formula 2 is quite different because uh, the Formula 2 car is uh, it's got no power steering, so it's really heavy to turn. And the way the way the, um, the geometry and the, and the steering rack, it's, it's, it's just really, really heavy. So, honestly, a lot of our training is, is strength-based. Uh, then for the long periods of, of the long races that we do, it's also... Um, a lot of cardio work and neck as well, but honestly, it's it's arguably more physical um, to drive an F2 car just because of how heavy it is to turn. Um, but the F1 car has power steering. I mean, it's not like a, a power steering on a road car, but it's got assistance basically there. Um, so it's easier to turn, but then you just get thrown around in the car so much more because it's so much quicker, and obviously you're pulling a lot more G. You're driving for a lot longer as well. Um, yeah. Mate, you've got one one hand on on the racing uh, wheel at the moment with AlphaTauri and, and and the chart. How do we get you? How do you elevate to get two feet in there, two hands on the steering wheel, to you driving in the F1? Well, this is a, a huge step. Obviously, to to get my first test is uh, is, is massive. I need to um, yeah. basically prepare myself uh, for for it physically. It's going to be the main thing because. Um, I think the one of the most common things is for drivers to get in their one car and lose their neck, basically. Um, and the, the problem is, you can, you know, if you're working out in the gym or you're, and you're doing you're doing strength stuff, obviously you start to get tired, but you can normally push through. But with with your neck, once it goes, it's gone, and there's no getting it back. Like you, you, you need days to recover. Um, so, if wow. one of the one of the main things that that happens is when you break um, from 350 kilometers an hour in, in an F1 car. Uh, you break at about you break at the same marks that we break in an F2, um, and you're going so much quicker. So the, the G-force when you break, your head if you can't hold your head up, you can't see the corner basically. So um, that's that's really the the biggest thing is making sure that I'm prepared for the test. Um, I think next year I am going to have potentially the opportunity to do a few Friday free practice one sessions uh, on the Formula One race weekends. Um, which would also be uh, a big step. But for me, I need to, whatever we decide, whatever Red Bull decides on next year for me, whether it's Formula 2 again or, or whatever it is, um, I basically need to, to do the best job in that possible and, and hopefully that'll give me enough um, to, to get a seat. Mate, what are you shrugging? What are you shrugging in the gym? You must be <laughs> shrugging a ton to keep your neck up. What are you shrugging? <laughs> Honestly, a lot of it, yeah, some of our training is, uh, is still similar to what boxes and things like that would do. Like, you see videos of, uh, of, of some, uh, whether it's UFC fighters or boxers, when they're holding their head up on, basically holding their body weight on the edge of a bench and uh, and doing reps like that. And we do that as well. Yeah. Um, we do a lot of band work. Like, we have these cable systems where you wear, like, a harness around your head, and then my trainer will just pull on it, and I hold my body weight with it um, mm. and stuff like that. It's it's really unique way of training. 
Well, if you ever get in any trouble out on the racetrack and you cut someone off and they give you the old two fingers, at least you'll be good to go, mate, with all that UFC training. You'll be uh, ready to rumble, which is good. We've got Liam, Liam, <laughs> Liam Lawson on the line. He's a, a gun Kiwi motor car driver, and he's getting his chance in an F1 seat later this year. If you've got any texts, double eight, double three, we'll put them to Liam. We've got to let him get back to his life. But, mate, I'm really curious about the relationships when you get to this elite level of... Uh, motorsport uh, how important is it to know people and you know coming from New Zealand we don't have the funds that we can obviously compete with the big powerhouses so your relationships with the key men and, and ladies and people in Formula One and that level how do you explain that um, it was basically something I've just been extremely fortunate to, to be picked up by Red Bull because without without them I would never have had the budget to do even Formula 3 couple of years ago so um i was fortunate enough to be to be picked up by them and through red bull now um is where the rest of the connections are coming for me which is uh which is really really cool every year i get um introduced to, to new people um this year i, I got to um do uh I've, I've basically now been introduced to the formula one simulator um so not just a simulator we use for, for f2 stuff i now have, have done some simulator work for the formula one team so i've got to meet all the guys um, running, running the simulators and the engineers there, and um, I, honestly, that's really where where the connections for me have, have have come from, just through Red Bull. Nice man. Hey, I just want to ask you about Brendan Hartley. He was our last F1 driver uh, involved from New Zealand on the big stage. Have you got a relationship with him, and has he been able to give you some advice heading into the next part of your your journey? For the, I basically, I've only found out about the F1 stuff pretty recently, so. I haven't had a chance to speak to Brendan about the F1 stuff yet, but through through the last couple of years, um, Brendan is someone that has always been accessible to me to reach out to. He's always come back to me. Uh, I actually did a, a uh, was it a year ago now, just over a year ago, um, I did a day at a go-kart track with, with Brendan and we were um, we were driving around on track together. So that was really, really cool <laughs> to do. Um, but yeah, Brendan's always been someone that's... Um, Really, really nice. To, he's always basically responded um, whenever whenever I've reached out to him, which is really cool. No, oh, that's awesome. That's the Kiwi spirit, Lee. And where's home for you back here? Who's who will be listening, and where will they be around New Zealand? I live when I'm home. At least I'm uh, my family's in in Auckland um, in Pukekohe right now. So um, they uh, yeah, all back there. I'm trying to get home right now uh, for, for the end of the year. I'm trying to book quarantine, but so far the last three weeks in a row have been denied. So, um, which is really frustrating, but um, yeah, yeah it, it's looking less and less likely that I'm actually going to be able to make it home to the family this year. Oh, mate, well, you're born in Hastings, so we'll claim you. We'll claim you from Hawke's Bay, eh? You're born in Hastings, so we can claim you, Liam? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> awesome hey, stuff, mate. Man. Awesome stuff. Thank you so much. We've got a text here. Best motorsport interview we've heard in ages. Great insight. That's well done. So thank you so much for your amazing insights. Uh, Liam Lawson, we're proud of you, mate. Keep going uh, well overseas. You're flying the flag with pride, and uh, we look forward to chatting to you in the future. Liam Lawson. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate that. No worries, man. What a champion bloke. Is he 19 years old out there hanging with the absolute heavy hitters in the world of motorsport, getting his chance in a Formula One seat in the Young Drivers Test later this year mm. for Alpha Tori in Abu Dhabi? And doesn't he just sound cruisy and calm like any other Kiwi team? Hey, it's just some of the uh, information he was able to share, like, I don't obviously you know there's big parts the racing and I thought he'd be focusing on a lot of other things but he's focusing on the neck which makes sense 
pulling five Gs, you're heading up to a corner at 320 clicks an hour, and you've got to stop and break. And, um, yeah, just fascinating little insights there from, from Leon Lawson. So if you've missed that, go, go over to the podcast because that is an outstanding interview. Well, what a great get for you, Louis. Good get, mate. Oh, Louis gets don't. some great interviews. Well done, bud. <laughs> mate, don't worry about me. It's Liam Lawson's the star, mate. He just answers his phone and says, yeah, bro, we'll chat. And he's got a family down there in Pukekohe that'll be listening either on the SENZ app or on the uh, Auckland channel. So um, it's awesome to have Kiwis around the world that are happy to kind of share their story. And, and we wish him luck trying to get home. And that, again, it's mm. another story of a guy who is trying to get home to see his whanau and doing, plying his trade. He can't drive a Formula One car in New Zealand, all right? He has to go overseas mm. to do it. So let the let the kid live and let him back into the country. Hey, a quick answer to Zade's question before asking about the Auckland-based teams. So Savia has been given an exemption to leave Auckland and join rugby, and this was because he was one of the six Auckland-based players who had to return to the city after they were wrongfully exempted to travel. So you might remember this from a couple of weeks ago. But the paperwork's been filled out, the T's have been crossed, I's have been dotted, and he's read joined the Lions, so it's unrelated to the Auckland teams. Zaid, a good question. The latest on that is that uh, NZR has released week seven of the Bunnings NPC draw, and it still excludes the Auckland-based teams who are currently unable to rejoin the competition. But... Hawks Bay and Tasman don't really care because this weekend, it's all about the Shield, Izzy. Oh, that's the only game on this weekend, isn't it? Well, Hawks Bay have knocked off the Battle of the Bays, sending about plenty back home. And this weekend, they'll try to do the same to the other bay, Tasman. Yes, after a long time, they'll begin to crack at the Shield when they travel up to Hawke's Bay to take on the Magpies. Andrew Goody Goodman is the head coach of Tasman, Mark Hall. And he has been good enough to take our call this morning. G'day, Goody. Morning, Matt. How are you? I'm good, Goody. How are you? Yeah, pretty good, mate. Bit of excitement up <laughs> down these ways, obviously, and a bit of energy going around. And looking forward to getting up to the bay, up to your hometown, mate. And uh, you know, it's going to be a, a tough, tough game. And uh, but we're just looking forward to giving you a real good crack and getting a much shield fever for a. For, uh, you know, it's been a long time between drinks. It has, mate. It has you've spoke about? It. It's been a long time between drinks. Has has there been a lot of excitement, a lot of hype? I know they've chartered a few flights from Nelson and. Obviously, with news yesterday, there might be a bit of a crowd there in Hawke's Bay. So, is there a bit of excitement building in the Nelson region? Yeah, first of all, around the crowd, it'd be awesome mate, to get a bit of atmosphere there. I know um, Hawke's Bay are a real proud um, Shield province, so it'd be, I'm sure it'd be really well supported, especially after not being able to go to the games lately. Yeah, and it's great to have some uh, some some of our supporters coming up, loyal supporters. So, um, yeah, it'd be good to have a bit of noise and a bit of atmosphere there. Hopefully. Uh, you're heading into the game with some uh, a confidence after a wee, wee little slip-up that, that you probably weren't happy with against Waikato, but you put on a pretty clini- clinical performance against Southland. Um, so you're heading into this game with a lot of confidence, and, and your leaders, Mitchell Hunt, Quinn and Strain, leading the way during the week? Yeah, no, they've uh, been outstanding all year. They're you know, good lads, good young lads, and they're uh, mm. on and off the field. They go pretty well, and they're, uh, they're leading the boys well, and yeah, as you said, it's, uh, there was a, you know the Waikato game wasn't wasn't a great performance, but it was good to see some improvement um, against Southland. But we know you're going up to the bay; it's, it's a whole other level that we've got to you know keep getting better if we're going to have a good crack at them. What, what do you think the the difference is when you go against the Hawks Bay at home? They are pretty tough. 
in their own backyard. What have you spoken about those little little things during during the game, during the week that you want to try and nail? What are those? Yeah, discipline's going to be a big one for us, because eh? I've got a you know got a good set piece, and when they get entries into your twenty-two, they're uh, pretty clinical there. Um, led well up front by Ash, and um, the other part of the game is they've got amazing backline as well. They're good on the counter and turnover, so discipline around uh, penalties and discipline on the ball to make sure they don't get those turnover and counter opportunities. Hey, Goody, you guys have had a lot of practice in finals weeks and around kind of do-or-die games. What does the Shield kind of rank, or how do you kind of compare a Shield week towards a finals week? It's pretty similar, I reckon, AD. Like, um, just look at the game, especially that last phase, because you won the intensity, um, even though it was a game played after you know, that four weeks uh, of lockdown, the intensity of the game compared to the other games in that round, it was definitely a step up, and... Um, now this is probably a bit of hype around this one because we haven't had a challenge for a while and uh, didn't play Hawks Bay last year and you know the mm. winners of the championship, winners of the premiership kind of thing. So it's yeah, it's going to be a big battle for a number of reasons and obviously uh, the points table as well were pretty tight, pretty tight comp um, at the moment. So it's a it's a big game for not only the Shield but for competition points as well. Mate, you you lost a, a ton of experience, you know, over the last year with with a lot of the boys going on to higher honours. When we don't begrudge that, outstanding from the lads. Have you been happy with with the guys that have stepped up into those roles? And and you've obviously pulled a Regan Ware on into the squad as well. And how's he been transitioning? And Andrew Newstub I saw as well the other day. Yeah, yeah. No, first of all, just around the young the young boys like we've uh, they've done a great job, and I suppose um, credit to the to the Dilbert boys that have um, mm. headed away, they've, they've helped put those boys in a really good position, the way they've um, transitioned those boys and helped that over the last couple of years. So great to see young Will, uh, Dave's brother in the 15 jersey last week, and yeah. um, a young Macca Springer who's first year out of school, you know, doing his thing on the wing. Bit of, bit of comparison to a young Izzy, though, I reckon, actually. <laughs> like, like, you know, <laughs> bit of chat floating no, around, so... Um, Oh. Uh, he's a good young kid, and then uh, yeah, obviously awesome to have. Um, you yeah, know, with injuries, we've had to be able to call on someone like Regan's experience, who's uh, been on the world stage with the sevens, but also has been a successful fifteens uh, player as well. And Stubbs, Stubbs is a lad we know well. He's played a lot of his rugby uh, in the Tasman region, so it's good to have him. He's a he's a top lad, and um, yeah, we're looking forward to getting a crack. Hey, Andrew, the, you say the competition's um, it's really tight this year and it's kind of been condensed and it's kind of been turned upside down a little bit. How have, when we ask each coach we've had on this, like how have you guys kind of dealt with the uncertainty? Are you just taking it week by week and trying to stay on top of the next assignment? Yeah, you have to really. Eh? Look, we've uh, we've playing counties in North Harbour the next two weeks, so um, it's just, yeah, give everything to this week and then we'll um, see what happens for the for the weeks following and you know, we're all uh, fingers crossed that this latest um, exemption for these Auckland teams works because we know uh, how those lads up there will be feeling and we'd love to have them back in the comp. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see over the next couple of days what plays out. All right, Goody. All right, Goody. You've played for the, for the Tasman over 100 times. You're a, you're a stalwart, mate. You're a Tasman man. What would it mean this Saturday to lift that shield? Yeah, I tried not to take myself there too much, Dagger. Obviously, the mind yeah. uh, 
the mind drifts away every now and then, and you, you know, you envision what what that would mean. It would, it would be bloody special, mate. We, um, yeah. you know, would like the Bay were a proud little uh, province of rugby, Marlborough and Nelson. Um, obviously, Marlborough had it in 1973, and it hasn't hasn't been back since. So, um, yeah, for, for the not only the older generation but the younger kids in the area, I think it would it would be just an amazing thing to get back and you know get that buzz for rugby continuing in in the region up at the top of the south. Nice, mate. Nice, mate. Well, all the best on Saturday. I'll be there, so I'll catch up with you on Saturday oh, afternoon. It's going to be an absolute cracking game. It's going to be a cracking game, buddy. Not I'm looking forward to it, not man. Not too on this conversation. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, hey, Goody. I'm upstairs. Actually, Expert, goody, bud. Actually, Goody, what you do, and this is, they're going to put it on TV, but if you want a little bit of pre-game entertainment to lighten the mood for the lads, they reckon Izzy's going yeah. to have to walk up these stairs on this cru- these crutches. So you oh, just no. so turn around, get the lads to get their stamp yeah, I'll be watching that. I'll be watching that. <laughs> 105 <laughs> clicks, some of the crutches up there. Oh, man, it's going to be a sight. I said, I said to Smithy, I'll give him a race, so watch that. We'll, we'll have a wee race. <laughs> That'd be good stuff, man. Hey, all the best, Goody. Thanks for joining us, mate. Cheers, mate. No worries. Uh, I don't know. Like we've talked about this race a couple of times this year with you and Smithy. And we maybe we have to ask Paul Mawati to open a book on it. Like open who, a book. Yeah, who would? Be? I've actually thought about it, and it's gonna. It's it's actually gonna be pretty hard if he doesn't beat me. Like there's something wrong. Because, uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's gonna. Ah. Uh, I don't know. I'll go test it out. It was, yeah, I reckon. Put some odds on it. Oh, Who do you reckon will win? <laughs> Give us a text. <laughs> double eight, double three. Is he? And what are we talking? Fifty meters? Because can Smithy go a hundred? <laughs> what do you? That's these are like these. Oh, are Smithy the, will go. He's a competitor. Mate. He's a competitor. So we'll, yeah, we'll have a race. I reckon. Who do you reckon will win? Up, up the McLean Park stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Is he on crutches or Smithy? Um, who's what? He's his sixty-fifth birthday coming up this year. So not far away for the uh, from the pension, as Baz would say. Just to remind everybody, but we haven't had much of that chat since Baz has been WW, but we will soon when he returns. It is yeah, we won't poke the bear. We won't <laughs> poke the bear. He's been very good to us. Got uh, our men's netball side take on the Silver Ferns. Starting this Sunday, Dallas Harema from the men's side talks to us about preparations, expectations from this series. And to finish it off, we all love a tip. We all love a tip. Reed loves a tip. Ask BMAC for one of his tips. You boys need it. Well, we're not going to ask BMAC because he just hasn't really talked to us over the last couple of days. Don't know what he's up to. Uh, so we're going to ask. <laughs> we're going to ask. Um, we're going to ask Jack, Jack Bruce, who gave us an absolute gem last week. Cool and Gatter won by 10 lengths last start. So he's going to bring us another tip, Reedy. So stay tuned for that one. Stay tuned for that one. But anyway, coming up, the Cadbury, ser- Cadbury series between the Silver Ferns and the Aotearoa men's side is all set to start this Sunday. But who exactly will be lining up for the men's? COVID-19 has already taken its toll on the Silver Ferns international season and forced a three-test series to be moved from Hamilton to Wellington. Now six players from Aotearoa men's side are waiting for exemptions to get there before the first test, which is Sunday. So hopefully that gets sorted ASAP. We're joined by men's mid-quarter, Dallas Harema, one of the 14 to be selected in the side. Morning, Dallas. Hey, fellas. How you doing? Doing good, mate. How you doing? How, how you been, man? Yeah, good, bro. Yeah, good, good. Just uh, busy, busy packing about the about to hit the flight. 
At the slight line, mate. Hey, let's talk about this. You, you've been out of the game for a wee while now. Tell us about your yeah. initial reactions when, when you made the, made the squad, mate. Were you, did you expect it? Were you nervous or you're pumped? Yeah, I mean, yeah, all of that, actually. Like, um, yeah, I haven't played in the New Zealand team since, like, 2012. Last time I played the Ferns behind the scenes was, like, 2016. Um, anyway, when I saw the um, first Cadbury series in 2019, I was... Well, I was actually stoked for men's netball just to get that level of exposure and all of that. But um, I was all, it also yeah. came with a bit of a pang of, uh, right, I'm going to get back in that team. <laughs> nice, mate. Nice. And so, yeah, were you, were you, like, what was the initial feelings? Were you, were you, did, you, did you expect it? Did you think it was on the cards after being out of the team for so long? And, you know, how is the team yeah. coping after such a disrupted um, build-up? Yeah, I was. Um, I don't know. I think. I think you'll know. Is he when when you've when you've been a competitor for so long, you kind of always are, even if your body can't line up with your head. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to give the selectors something to think about. So you know, tried to stick to my training regime as good as I could. Um, but yeah, when I got when I got selected, I was definitely shocked. Uh, for sure, yeah. I was shocked, but I was also pumped and excited as well. And. Um, yeah, I mean, the team was only announced a couple of weeks ago. Um, so yeah. there's been lots of Zoom calls, lots of, uh, you know, kind of relational connections because this team uh, has never played together before. We've played together at regional level and all that, but not, not at this particular level. So, yeah, first day of training camp today. Oh, that's awesome, Dallas. Hey, that's what I was going to ask you, man. Like, how do you where, – where are where are you guys picked from? And, like, is there a competition going on? How do you know? Like, how do you stack up your form? Yeah, yeah. You, well, normally we like pre pre COVID days. We uh, we would have had our nationals um, tournament by now, where obviously all the regional teams come together and play at maps. Um, and then the team would normally be selected from there. And that that, that was going to be the plan. Our nationals was meant to be in September, but obviously COVID kind of um, stopped that from happening. And so, and um, instead, I think the selectors did look at the regional competitions, the South Island competition as well. Um, and then probably just based on experience and who else, um, I guess, who was putting their hand up in other different ways as well. Yeah. Nice, mate. How important is this series for the future of men's netball, mate? When you get an opportunity to play the Silver Ferns, and I'll be honest, it's a, it's a bit of, a, it's a great watch to watch. Actually, you men's take it pretty serious and get right into the, to the Wahinis. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, it means, it means, it means heaps actually. Like. Um, we, the, the men's team or a, a makeup of men throughout the country have been playing against the Ferns for I want to say like up to 30 years behind the scenes actually you know just to help help mm. the girls pr- prepare for their internationals but as well as to help the men's team as well um, prepare for our internationals mm. as well which you know don't get as much coverage and, and is, isn't as well known so it actually means quite a quite a lot for us to get this exposure um uh, and, and also just to encourage other young 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 boys, young men to get into the game as well. So, yeah, me too. So the Silver Ferns have kind of used you guys here as a, a, a backstop and a, a level of competition they know they can expect. So in a way, is that a, like a great compliment that they know that you are worthy of playing them who, who I guess, go out and play consistently at that international level? Yeah, yeah, it is a it is a massive compliment. Like the like we do play a different a different style of game, um, you know, and we do bring something to them that that they might not necessarily face on a on an international level against other women's teams. Um, and so it does give them something to think about, and it keeps them on their toes. Like um, 
so yeah, I think it does add a lot a lot to their game, and, and I think Dame Knowles and, and Auntie Debs have, have had a lot to do alongside Netball New Zealand, of course, in um, making sure that the men's um, game is not only exposed at that kind of more public level, but that, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're kind of used more um, alongside the women's team. What, what is that style, mate? That's really interesting. So how is it different, and is it because of the body shapes and physicality? Can you explain that a bit more? Well... Well, to be honest, I think the girls are a lot fitter than us. <laughs> I think I think they're a lot fitter and a lot more agile. Maybe I should just speak for myself. Um, and so, yeah, they 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 definitely play a, a fast a fast game, and we we can as well. But obviously, we can um, bring a bit more of an aerial game um, to 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 our kind of makeup because of because of the height differences on some ends, you know, in different places yeah. and. Um, and, and and a lot of the guys actually um, have um, have a lot of flair, so they like to be able to play with that, you know. And it, and it's actually really cool to see. It's great. It's great for the game for for, for people to see that. So, yeah. So last year you had a seven footer in the goal in the goal, and and you're able to play that aerial game. This year, do you have a similar height in the aerial uh, in the goal shooting area? Are you able to play the same game, or do you have to mix it up and try and play fast because you don't have that aerial game at in, with losing the seven footer? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've still got some pretty. I mean, I don't know how tall they are. They're a lot taller than me, <laughs> put it that way. But um, <laughs> we've still got some tall fellas down down both ends. Um, uh, and so, yeah, they'll they'll be on the court, and we'll definitely use that to our advantage. But we also have, you know, the more average height people, um, and that'll just change up our game in terms of how we feed them and you know get the ball to the circle edge and feed it into the shooters and all of that. Um, yeah. Yeah, hey. so no, we're, we're excited. Yeah, you, oh, you would be, man. It's, it's going to be so great to watch. I love that they're putting on free to ear tally as well, so the whanau can tune in and, and have a look. Have you um have you worked out who the, the so the Silver Fern squad was announced yesterday? So have you had a look at the mid-quarters and who you might be coming up against? Oh, you know what? Like, I think all of them will be a challenge. Definitely all of them, just with their fitness and agility and experience and court smarts. Like, they're just all good. I'm not. I'm not sure how I'd feel about going up against Peter Toyava. <laughs> she is. She's awesome. I mean, all of them are awesome in their own right. But she's a great one to watch, and she's so sneaky uh, on on the court. And I mean, she's possibly would be the one that I'd be up against in that kind of centre, and I'd be playing centre wing defence kind of position. So, yeah. Hey, um, what about the netball, like men's netball in New Zealand? We've we've just had an announcement today. Super rugby. All picky has uh, been announced for the women's side, and it's been something that's been spoken about for a very long time. The women's rugby teams are getting an opportunity to play professionally in the super era. Men's netball, men's netball. Is there an opportunity to potentially grow the game that is men's netball in New Zealand and potentially have a competition like Super Rugby All Picky? Oh, I, I would definitely say yes. Um, I mean, I think a lot of people wouldn't know what happens behind the scenes because it is such a minority, minority sport, you know. We, we, mm. Here we are, a bunch of men playing a sport that is traditionally, historically played by women. And so it's just not that well known, but it's been operating quite strongly nationally um, and, and at regional levels for, I want to say, 30 plus years. So, so, the, so, the, so the people are there and the structure is there and... You know, there's people at governments and management levels who are doing all sorts of things behind the scenes as well. So I'd, I'd say that, uh, that there's definitely elements there for it to be um, 
to, to be able to operate at that level, for sure. Nice, nice. Well, there you go. New Zealand Netball, Dallas Himara. He said, Aharima, uh, I'm going to say, sorry, mate. Uh, he's, he said it himself. He wants the competition to be, hey, mate, what, how does the, the men's netball side uh, travel on the big stage around the world? Have we got, a, you know, is there a lot of competition around the world? Yeah, they've, um, so over the years, there's been um, a few trans Tasman battles against Australia mainly. Um, I believe Australian are number one at the moment, which obviously for us oh. Kiwis comes with a bit of a bad taste in our mouth. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I think Aussie are number one. They've, they've got a really slick um, structure and kind of organisation over the year. Lots of funding um, for, for them as well over there as well. Um, so yeah, we've come up against Australia quite a bit. And there are teams in Africa and England and South Africa and even the States, I believe, as well. But there's never there's never been um, an international on that on that on that level where all those teams come together. So that would be the goal. If not the Olympics, eh? Why not? Yeah, that's right. Yes. Why not the Olympics, mate? Well, and seriously, because if they put the women's one in, you'd assume that they would have to, right? Um, so it's a like it's. It's not, you never say never, Dallas, and it sounds like you've uh, put yourself in the right spot. The bit of the comeback, just whatever you do, don't just don't work out the age gaps between whoever you're marking. You'll do your head in, exactly. mate. It, it, exactly. Drive you crazy and put you off your game. Go well, bro. We, we can't wait to watch, actually. It's, as I say, it's going to be a, an amazing spectacle. It always is. And um, I think you guys are actually, if anything, doing a service to the Silver Ferns by putting yourself in the, in the um, you know, right in the firing line and helping them get and keep their level high and it's great for the men's side of the sport as well so well done congratulations for being selected and thanks, all the best yeah awesome thanks fellas appreciate it no worries awesome. I, I still want to oh bugger I missed the chance to ask because he's a mid-quarter is he we think you'd be a mid-quarter flying around in the middle there you seem to think you're a shooter right uh, yeah nah well when I played when I played I uh, when I played I was yeah when I played a bit of social, you could actually shoot. Everyone could shoot. You could shoot the three pointer. Yeah, right. So yeah, me and Corey were me and Corey were pretty greedy. We were trying to shoot everything. So yeah, we got told off and never played again. So Daisy said she'd never play with me ever again after that game. <laughs> what about um, what about your sister? I know your sister loves it. Well, does she? Did she have a position or a, does she? Does she still play? She still plays. She still plays. She was playing goalkeep. She was goalkeep last time we watched, and she absolutely hated me on the sideline. But yeah, <laughs> speaking of my sister, she she went home yesterday. My sister went home back to her house. She moved out of her house to look after our mother for over a year, and she went home yesterday. So, just wanted to say thank you to my beautiful sister and her fan, uh, partner Brad and the kids. They moved out of their house. They sacrificed a lot to to be there for my mum. And uh, really, really meant a lot. So I just wanted to say thank you, sis. Love you. Oh, amazing, Izzy. Yeah, awesome stuff. And um, so apologies. It's Makisha. Makisha, is it? Uh, Makisha, yeah. Makisha, apologies for Izzy's sideline antics. I'm sure he'll pull his <laughs> head in next season. She was embarrassed, mate. Yeah, I'm sure she was. Got it uh, from my dad, mate. <laughs> yeah, I can believe that. I can believe that, judging from the text he sends. 17 and a half minutes past 8 o'clock. There we go. Men's netball. They're taking on the big guns, the Silver Ferns in the Cadbury series upcoming. You can watch it on TV2, I think it's going to be on, which is awesome that they'll have it on free to air. Plenty going on in the sporting world. Uh, and Manchester United still can't win a trophy on double eight, double three. That's come through. Bang, cop that. And it is true. It really is. Hey, um, 
joking about pillows, Tim Izzy said that his missus, his wife, has stolen his pillow. Well, just mm. just being tipped off that Smithy is giving away temper pillows for text of the week at the moment, and similar Ooh. to us, has that temper queen size bed, which I assume is still valued at ten thousand dollars, unless I've given him the deluxe version for text of the month. So keep talking to us, keep your dials tuned, and keep Smithy on your channels because he is um, look he's got plenty going on and he wants you to get in touch with him he does he does Louis he does and someone that's got in touch with us and you want to stay tuned for this because he bought us an absolute gem of a tip last week after last time on the show he gave us an early lead into what looks like to be a bit of a freakish two year old Cooling Gatter I got on that absolute good horse great horse that was it got me home and got the account well and truly filled up. So looking forward to chatting to Jack Bruce. He's assistant trainer for the Maha Usta Stable in Sydney. Back on the show for a catch-up. Good morning, Jack. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. It's great to be back. Tell us about Cool and Gatta, mate. What a filly you have on your hands there. What a horse. Yeah, well, it was a good win, and I suppose she's one out of the box. Um, so I hope, uh, I hope some hunters in New Zealand got some some dosh out of her. She ended up being 250 at the jump, I think. So that would have been uh, good money for those who left it late. But even still, she was, um, yeah, look, she's a very good horse, very push button, and she's just one of those two-year-olds that does everything right. So, no, nah, it's a good it's a good sign of things to come, and uh, we've just got to keep her in one piece and get her to the Magic Millions now. Okay, Jack. Now, yeah, I love that, but you got to remember, not all of us are these uh, horse nerds. I mean, we love it here, but push button, what does that mean, push button to you, Rob? Because it actually kind of looked like that when J-Mac just kind of gave the reins a little bit of a tickle. She flew. So when you say push button, what exactly does that mean? Yeah, well, I suppose it's the old thing with horses. Some people think it's like riding a car and at most uh, driving a car, and it most certainly isn't. Um, but <laughs> she she is one of those uh, fillies who she just does everything right. You know, James was able to give her a good dig out of the barriers, get her where he wanted to be, and then you can restrain her, put the brakes on, and then obviously click her up when, when the time is right. So she is very, you know, what you see is what you get, what you ask for, she does. And um, uh, it, was, uh, it was good to see her do it. Okay, so you were confident she was a gem, so the Magic Millions would be next, and obviously that's a very, very rich race. And, and how do you keep a two-year-old sound for that long? Because they can, you know, they are still growing, they're learning. It's a bit more variable involved with a, an immature horse, isn't there? Yeah, exactly. There's, there's, there's lots of things to take into account, but I suppose simply she can have a couple of weeks of rest after this race. And then when she comes back in, she'll maintain good residual fitness. We won't have to do too much. We'll just keep it a slow and steady build-up. Um, and I suppose it's just about assessing your horses each day and deciding what work they can take and what work they can't. Obviously, we've got heaps of facilities in Sydney. We've got uh, the beach quite close by, which is good for recovery. And we've got a treadmill at Warwick Farm. We do plenty of work on that. So you can get a good conditioning base of fitness into them without having to um, put too much pressure on them. And then... Yeah, it's just about managing their workload. But I suppose it's like any professional sport, and you would have had it in rugby about just keeping the body where it needs to be, and it's just a case of managing your diet and exercise, really. <laughs> nice. I always, uh, you know, keep keep the saying going. Their horses are just like athletes, mate. They they need to recover. They need the right training, and uh, you can see what they get when they when they tick all those boxes with the results of Cool and Gatter, mate. What's going on down in Vic? The stable has a runner in the Caulfield nah. Guineas, don't they? 
Yeah, yeah, we do. We've got Hitotsu's first emergency, though, so he needs a scratching to get in. Um, he showed a lot oh. of ability as a two-year-old. He's actually a private purchase. Um, Kieran bought him privately, and he resumed for our stable and won. Um, so, he's look, yeah. we're throwing him in the deep end, but uh, he is a quality horse. He just needs a scratching to get a run. He's also in the spring champion up here as well, so we'll see how we go. Yeah, what's going on up in Sydney? So what are you looking after this week? I see Amish Boy is in the fields at a nice each-way price and also with New Zealand Racing's favourite son, um, second to you, of course, Jack. Oh, actually third, I suppose Chris Waller would have to, would have to go there somewhere. Um, James McDonald <laughs> doing the riding. Yeah, yeah. well, i tell you what. So he's in the Silver Eagle um, Amish Boy, which is a new race, and uh, he has got a poor draw again. But he's been a very consistent oh. horse. He doesn't win out of turn, but he's very consistent. So, look, we just have to leave that to James. But I tell you what, all the big jocks are trying to ride him. So it's nice to see that um, we, we were able to get James McDonald on. We're just going to have to throw him the reins and say, leave it to you from Barry 13, mate, you do the job. <laughs> <laughs> well, not a bad person to, to throw the reins to, J-Mac. Hey, um, this no, weekend, though, this weekend, what... What's your best tip? You gave us Cool and Getter, and we need a tip because Reed's starting to question our tipping ability on the show. Have you got <laughs> on, something on, that's come guaranteed? On, Help us out. I, I tell you what, I've got one. There's a race at Caulfield. You'll have to look up what number it is of the Thoroughbred Club Stakes. Thoroughbred Club Stakes is 1,200 for fillies. We've got Crystal Bound running there, and she would be our best of the weekend. She's a She's improved a lot, and she won first up in good fashion, so... Um, yeah, crystal bound. Good. Crystal bound. Crystal bound. Four she's dollars. a very nice filly. She keeps improving. Yeah, yeah, that'll be something for everybody. Yeah, oh, a little bit of, little bit of uh, money in the kitty. Is it early in the day? No, it'll be late for you guys. It'll be late. Let's save you money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. It's um, it's usually about. <laughs> no, nah, I'm on already now. I'm on. One that treats them. Yeah. Yeah. All the punters here always ask me, have you got anything in New Zealand for it to be in an early race so we can fill up at 10 a.m. Sydney time and have a sweet for the rest of the day? Well, Jack, what about this? They were racing at 11.15 at Rickerton on the weekend gone, and I was thinking, imagine if you were in Perth and you are waking up at 7 o'clock, you have a punt with your morning coffee. Isn't that insane? I tell you what, I saw that when I arrived at the races. They were up to, they were up to race 7 at Rickerton already. I thought, geez, I've got a few races to catch up on here. <laughs> It was, about, it was about 12 o'clock in the day, and they're up to race seven at Rickman. Yeah, that's exactly right, mate. Awesome. Well, there you go. Caulfield race for the Thoroughbred Club Stakes, Crystal Bound number three, getting about Ooh, yes. $4, $1.70 or thereabouts. Hey, thanks for your time again, Jack. You're doing fantastic work with the Ma. used to stable up in Sydney. See your assistant trainer, and we'll catch up again soon. No, no worries. Stay safe over there, and good luck to all the punters. Absolutely. Jack yeah. Bruce, there you go. A great Kiwi up in Sydney working for the behemoth, the Ma Eustace Stable.